Tim, I was thinking, you look well qualified to talk to us about camping. The look of me? Yeah, you look well qualified. What are you referring to? My... Oh, I'm looking at the bushy beard, the long hair. I, I was thinking, actually, about the only thing you look qualified to talk to us about is camping. Okay. Uh, well, actually, now that you say that, um, if you've been here with us the last few years, normally the joke is to do with my hair and how I look like Fabio. Is that... Is that the, I, can't I don't think that can button. be said this year with the beard. So there you go, pushing back against the Fabio look, going with the camping look. Yeah, we'll call that. Yeah, well, it's, it's right on theme for the, for the talk. Uh, Tim, tell us, um, uh, look, you're about to jump in the car to go on a camping trip. Who's likely to be in the car with you? Yeah, good. Um, so my wife, Deb, we've been married for 17 years and um, we've got four kids Evie is 13, uh, Luca is 9, Levi is 6, and Joey is 4. And uh, no pets, just kids, and that's enough. Yeah, that's a pretty serious undertaking for a camping trip. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, and what experience do you have to talk to us about camping? Well, I guess this is the funny thing, really. Not much. <laughs> Maybe that's why you agreed to do it. Now, I've, I have done an um, extensive research trip to prepare for this talk. But the funny thing is, if, if those of you who know me well, you know I hate camping. <laughs> well, I have hated camping. I've, I've been the one who's resisted camping for many years. I, um, actually, as I drove in the um, driveway this morning, Chris Harris was yelling out at me, are you really doing a talk on camping? You're the bloke who hates camping. And so we did, See, I figure it's usually the mum. Usually the mum needs to be persuaded that yeah. Yeah, camping's a good idea. No, it's been the dad in this case for many years. So I, um, I grew up camping and did a lot of camping, but I've, I've resisted going camping with the family. I just thought, nah, way too hard. It's just going to hurt way too much. And so I've been the one holding out until recently. Um, and so, um, yeah. So oh, good, it, Will. So actually, when... when, when um, the email came through, could you do a talk on camping with your kids? I, I have to say, I, ha- I laughed out loud when I read the email. And then um, I think word had got out that I'm the kind of guy that goes camping with your kids. So the invitation came in and I just said, absolutely, I'd love to, you know. I and think then, people uh, take one look at you and think, this guy must go he camping. He must go camping with his kids. There you go. So, no, but since then, I have done a camping trip with the kids, okay. And, and actually, to make this more valid... Um, I'm actually going to invite two experienced campers to come on up here and actually do most of the talking this morning. You'll be relieved to know. Um, so um, I'll do that in just a minute. Right, yeah. well, well, I'll let you get on with it. Okay. Thanks, Tim. I do have a few notes because I did write down things while we were camping, but could I get you guys to put your hands together for two experienced campers, two men who have significantly sized families, and I can't see them. I'm hoping they're here. Significantly sized families... <laughs> And they've been camping for many, many years. Dean Pinsack, Greg Masters. Look at them. Let's give them some love. Now, I'm going to give... You guys get a microphone each so you can sit and... Um, you, guys, you take a seat to start with. You guys can heckle anything I say and I can heckle what you say, all right? Okay. I'm going, to, um, I'm going to introduce these guys in just a minute. I just want to start the ball rolling and throw something out there and then I'm going to get them to speak and then I'll wrap up at the end, okay? So that's how we're going to do it, I think. We'll see how we go. Yeah, see how we go. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, I'll introduce you in a minute. I want to start off by kind of saying, I want to dispel a myth, um, and people will disagree with me about this one, um, but the one myth I'd always heard about camping, the one thing that is claimed about camping is that it's cheap. <laughs> it's the cheapest family holiday you'll ever do. And I've heard people say, oh, we can't, go afford to, we can't afford to go to Fiji, we can't afford to do this and that, we just go camping, you know, as though it's the cheapest thing to do. Well, can I be the first person ever in, in the history of mankind to put out there publicly, camping is not cheap. <laughs> oh, I'm even going to go so far as to say it will be one of the most expensive family holidays you ever do. <laughs> right? And people disagree with me, but people who disagree with me are wrong. Okay? And <laughs> people who disagree with me don't know how to add up what they spend. I'm convinced of it, right? People who say camping is cheap, all they're thinking about is this, and it's quite funny. All they're thinking about is what they're paying for their campsite rental for that little spot. And they're like, camping's cheap. But what doesn't get added up, so let me just start on a really negative note, if I can, here this morning. <laughs> now, I do think it's worth it, by the way, even though it's costly. But what doesn't get added up is... Are you speaking to us now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is... We said... It's cheap. You'll love it. So now this is. Uh... I'm broke. I went once and I'm completely broke. We should have gone to Fiji for a week and a half, Deb. Um, we... No, no, no. What people don't add up is um, equipment. Yeah, if you actually want to go camping for longer than three days. And, and can I say, when I'm talking about camping here, I'm not talking about camping in a place where there's power or water. I'm talking, you know, drive down a dirt road for half an hour away from civilization, no power, no drinking water, camping for two weeks, kind of surviving for two weeks. That's what, that's what I call camping right now. To do that, I was not going to do that without going with people who knew what they were doing. And to do that, you actually need some serious equipment, right? Otherwise, you can't really survive for two weeks in that kind of condition. So you need equipment. You either got to buy it, which is a significant investment, you want to be camping for the rest of your life if you're going to invest that kind of money. Or you can borrow stuff. Or you can borrow stuff. But now then the hap- weather comes in. Yeah, that's right. And what happens when you borrow stuff? You break stuff. So you break your friend's stuff. Then you're left with the dilemma of, do I just hand it back to them and not told, tell them I broke it? Or do I buy them a new one to replace that? So you're buying you, it anyway. You buy them a new one. You buy them a new one. I only borrowed one piece of equipment on this camping trip and it broke when a big storm came through. So we bought them a new one. Um, but what, what we actually did to get by this one, I thought, I'm not going to borrow everything. I'm not going to buy everything. We rented stuff. So it did cost money. We, we rented a, um, like this RV, huge, no, no. We rented a, um, a camper trailer thing that pops up and pops out. So you've got your gas fridge and stuff like that. So it costs a fair bit of money. I'll tell you what people don't um, remember they're spending money on. You can't buy camping equipment from Kmart if you're going to go camping for two weeks. It lasts two nights. So you, you've actually got to go to the camping stores. But what people don't add up is all the little things they buy right throughout the year when everything's on sale, right? Everyone, no one adds up those things, but people are c- continually updating their camping equipment, repairing their camping equipment, buying new pieces of equipment. And when you're camping, everyone's just doing laps looking at everyone else's gear going, yep, next year, going to get that hot water shower. It's just ridiculous. Um, 
no one, no one adds up what they spend to get roof racks for the car and tow balls for the car and that four-wheel drive that you really do need to go camping. Which, if you didn't go camping once a year and want to drive on the beach once a year, you wouldn't really need a four-wheel drive. But no one adds up that stuff, right? So just saying, I'm just saying, camping is the most expensive holiday you'll ever do. Depreciation on your caravan or camper as well. I won't go into everything, but... Um, but I say that, and that sounds really negative, but I tell you what, if it's the best holiday you'll ever do, you spend the money, because it's so awesome. So now I'm going to hand over to these guys. Who are, are you going to talk about how it's the best thing you'll ever do? Yeah, well, actually, no, Tim's right. Come and talk. Tim's yeah. right, and Sally and I have a timeshare in Fiji, and um, we're... What? No. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd just like to advertise that. We'll rent it out. No, um... They're my notes. They're, so that's not going to work for me That's not going to work for you, yeah, so camping for me, like, my, I lived with my grandparents and, and a mum, and they sort of shared me between the two of them as a kid. The most significant memories I have as a kid, all are from when I was camping with my grandparents and with my mother. Like, the, the most fond memories I have are the times it was all camping. Um, my grandfather was born in 1900, and he would tell me stories of what it was like when he was seven, when he was eight, nine, and you have the time to do it. And talk to my kids today about what they liked about, about camping, that, this style of camping, where it's, it's rough. There's no, um, there's no power. There's no hot water. Charlie loved it. He would go two weeks, no shower. And, just, and, be, and be proud of it. Black feet. You, you call them camp feet. If you know what we're talking, you know, just everything's black. You don't look at it. Not everybody's that way. Some people take the time and effort to heat up water. So, Dean, how many kids have you got and how um, old are they? Well, we've got five now. We started out with four, I guess, then, the, uh, then a big gap, and then we have... Um, it's usually how so it works. All of, all of um, five. And when they're little, it is, it is a big... It's hard, but what my second oldest, Lauren, told me today, she goes, the benefit of camping is you have total access to your parents, 24 hours a day, um, Instead of being, you know, they've got their bedroom in this and different, whatever, whether it's holidays or just day, week to week. Um, but when you're camping, they've got you. They've got you early. I was always early in the mornings with Lauren. She's an early riser, and we'd get up. We'd, we'd look at the sun. If it was a coastal one, we'd see if we could find whales. But they, or backgammon, and they, they think they're better than me um, playing backgammon. But um, just little things, and it's, it's not much time to... It's just time. You don't have to go anywhere. You've got nothing to do. If you have a project, if it's starting a fire, I've really fond memories of Greg with um, his kids starting a fire. He's got one hanging on his back. He's swinging an axe, another one holding the wood. <laughs> and you just look at it. But they, they get to see Dad being Dad, and they get to see Mum is just involved in all of this stuff too. So that's one of the benefits that I see of it is this. Um, they get a 24-hour Dad instead of a hour dad in the morning and maybe 45 minutes at night before they go to bed they get mm. to see you playing you get to play with them it can um oh, it's surfing whether it's riding bikes bikes are always good the beauty of the central coast is um if you need a bike to go camping never bring your own council cleanup over the year you can pick out we we pick up four bikes over the year and those are your camp bikes um one year we um we showed up when we didn't have good clothes and it was raining, it was horrible weather. We went to Vinny's and the kids got to get anything they wanted. We had weird looking kids. 
And, and the clothes didn't make it home, but man, they were unique while they were camping. Mm. Mm. Um, and I suppose um, the end result of sort of two things, the, the before is the 24-hour access to um, your kids have to you and you to them. You get to watch them um, go from not riding bike or training wheels to pretty soon there's no training wheels. Lots of, lots of scabs and lots of, lots of stacks and stuff like that. But when you get home, you see the difference. Your kids have a bath. You get to see their face again. Um, and their feet aren't leaving black tracks everywhere they go. But when they get home, they're bigger. Your kids are, they've grown. They've, they've grown with you. It's only two weeks and you think two or ten days, whatever it might be. But they've gone through, a, there's little milestones. And when they come home, they see their room and they love it. But you'll find our kids would um, alt where you're living in an area about as big as this stage at the most, suddenly um, now everybody starts to spread out, but they kind of, they've, got, they've gotten bigger. They've grown up a little bit. They've developed skills. Greg's kids can throw an ax. Um, um, at their head. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's funny, it's, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's well worth the effort. Is it hard? Yeah, it's horribly hard. And you do, you have a lot of work to do, but it's, it's worth that, it's worth to, there, to get away from the screens, from all the distractions of life, and just an opportunity to um, let your kids see you 24 hours a day. Hmm. Good. Yeah, give him some love. You go, Greg. Well, uh, Dean's kids are a bit older than mine, uh, or at least the older four, um, and it's been good to see... Um, and hear stories that they've been able to tell. And the kids recount to us uh, when we're camping or when we're just hanging out. And uh, it's, it's times when um, the most memorable times I hear about that the kids love is some tricky times. You know, remember that year we got totally washed out? Remember that year we went and got clothes from Vinnie's because we had none left and we got smashed by the weather? Awesome. And, and all these things. Tim's just... And Tim hears these stories and he goes, oh, no, it's been getting worse. But I guess... Um, yeah, I want to talk about, I guess, tricky times camping, because there are some. Um, there are some tricky times. I guess um, lots of people go, oh, I'm going to wait maybe till the kids are a bit older, because when they're young, it's just going to be hard, they're going to be dirty, they're going to be this, they're going to be that. Um, but the earlier you do it, the better. Don't wait. Don't wait. The earlier you do it, the better. Um, kids in nappies are easier than kids who wet the bed. Less washing. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> I mean... We've had some shockers as well. I, I guess you can just put all your big kids in nappies too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> I remember one particular trip. We had a baby. Um, it was our youngest. Of, we've got four kids, so the youngest boy, and um, he was waking up super early. Um, Four thirty. It was still dark, and it was wet, heaps wet. And I guess we had to just make a decision. What are we going to do? We're going to let him cry, and wake up our whole tent and the rest of the campsite as well, or we're going to take him for walks and things like that. So we took it in turns, me and my wife, take him for walks. There's only so many laps of the caravan park you can do at 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.30. There's only so many kind of trips on the beach you can do where dingoes are coming out and hunting you down. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's ridiculous, camping. Seriously. Who does this? <laughs> so one day I drove from, I think it was Port Macquarie, to Coffs Harbour and back again to so you'd sleep in the car. Coffs Harbour. But it can be tricky uh, with, with little kids, but they're tricky at home, aren't they? Yeah, they they're tricky at home. 
and you're living outside. You don't uh, get up and go to the beach, you get up and you're at the beach. Um, you're outside, you're in the bush sometimes. And so it's really helpful. I mean, sometimes it's hard with sleep, but it's usually only the first two nights that kids are really, you know, too excited or upset about sleeping out. They get used to it really quickly. Second thing that's tricky, I reckon, is bad weather. Um, it's helpful to um, not think about camping as you'll have the beautiful one day, perfect the next kind of day, kind of holiday. Sometimes you do get that, but it's rare. And if you go for two weeks, you're bound to get rain at some point, aren't you, Tim? Mm. Mm. <laughs> bound to. But it's funny because um, as soon as it does rain, you see all the dads get out and adjusting tarps and seeing how well they've put their tarp up and <laughs> going out to the camping store and buying extra stuff. It's like adult cubby houses, really. <laughs> It's heaps of fun. You like that, don't you? You yeah, like cubby houses. You like cubby houses. That's Who why doesn't? Who doesn't? And kids love it too. Yeah. Look, um, we've had a few bad weather stories. You know, hailstones as big as kind of tennis balls smashing the tent in the, in the middle of the night. You're looking at, at the, the meteorology website saying, "Is there more coming? Is there more coming?" Um, we've had you know howling northeasterlies, howling southerlies. Um, one particular couple I remember when we were camping one time, they, they came up, set up in the afternoon, had their, their tent and their gazebo and everything up, sit out there with a beer and, and um, looking at the sunset and enjoying life. That night, a storm hit. The next morning, they were gone. The tent was, <laughs> their tent was rolled up in a ball and they'd taken off. <laughs> it had broken Leave your tent and go home. Yeah. So if you're going to go away for the first time, maybe go somewhere a little closer so you can actually like, bail if you need to and go home. One time I re- remember it was a, a, tricky, a tricky trip. Um, it was poor weather, Easter. If you're going to go away at Easter, just expect it to rain because it will. Uh, we're at, uh, I think we're at Camp Treachery. I think that's Sierra Rock somewhere. Um, the wind was blowing so hard we couldn't get the tarp down. So every time I'd put a peg in, the, go to the next one and that one would blow up and then do this one, then that would blow up and things flapping around. The kids were trying to jump in the air to grab it and hold it down and it was lifting them off the ground. <laughs> There's no one in the campground because it was such bad weather. The ding, it was dingo mating season. And so, of course, you had dingoes howling in the moonlight at the top of the sand dune. Oh, freaking out. But then all of a sudden I saw my son, one of my sons. He ended up naked somehow, running across the campground and then gut sliding through this big puddle. And then all the other kids got their clothes off and ran and gut sliding through the puddle as well. It's like, awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to rain. It'll take some time to get to get well set up, borrow some stuff. doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. Mm. Glamping costs an arm and a leg because you want to do it you know, the best you can the first time you do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to work, Greg. But um, there's some tricky times. Look, don't give up. It's part of it. Part of camping is helping you to not give up. Uh, having the sense of adventure and, and, and I guess the challenge to, to keep things going and keep the family together for that time. And whatever doesn't send you home just makes you a better camper. <laughs> really does. <laughs> Lots of things help. Um, having a good fivesies. We have fivesies sometimes, you know. Um, some drinks and some bickies and cheese and crackers. Kids, leave the, leave the campground. <laughs> we don't care. We're having our time now. But you look forward to that. Uh, but the, gonna go, are you going to go all morning? <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done. Just, okay. I just want to say, I guess, the kids, they don't know the difference, whether it's tricky or not. They don't. They don't know if they're dirty, they're clean, they're just having a ball. Yeah. And the kids don't care whether, you know, mum's been hit by a surfboard and concussed and gone to hospital because when she's gone, they get to raid the cupboard for all the lollies and stuff. 
Yep, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the kids, they actually love it. And they, no matter how bad the weather is, no matter how good the weather is, uh, they have a ball. And like Dean said, they grow. So mm. it's very good. Mm. Camping good is awesome. Good on you, Greg. I've, got, as a, I've just got four quick observations and then we'll wrap up. Or question time, if you've got questions for the experts here. Um, four things I'd notice, um, and it, some, of, some of them have kind of been mentioned. Number one, y- your kids get to do stuff they wouldn't normally ever get to do. So it's the concept of removing the bubble wrap off your kids. They get to learn how to swing a hammer and an axe and sometimes at each other. But, you know, they, when do they do that at home? They get to play with matches and light fires. That's good. They get to surf or swim or whatever all day, just all day, just go. They get to hang off the outside of a car while it's driving along on the beach. You know, all those kinds of safe things that you do. Um, They get to get dirty and stay dirty and they don't have to get clean and they get to go to bed dirty and it's great. They get to wear whatever clothes they want. There's no, there's no fashion when you're camping. It's just wear what... And it's not until I've seen some photos of what I was actually wearing that I realised what I was wearing. And, but no one cares. That's really good. Kids love that. Second one. Um, it's, you, it, camping has the um, potential to be screen-free. So, you know, most adults, most parents these days struggle with how much their kids are attached to screens, yeah? So personal mobile devices and iPads and all that kind of stuff. But um, to, to go camping, especially a place where there's no power, means if you do bring screens, they run out of power pretty quickly, then hallelujah, all the parents are just really grateful that the screens don't work anymore. Kids get bored initially, but then they get creative, and they, they're forced to um, learn how to amuse themselves. They're forced to learn how to interact and play and relate and compete and survive and get beaten up and all the, the real things about life that we usually try and protect our kids from. The kind of things that if you grew up in a neighbourhood where you played on the street in the afternoon every day until the lights went on and you knew, you knew that's... You, you kind of learnt how to play like that and, and camping often does provide the opportunity for kids to just be in that environment all day without parents interacting and stopping their kids from feeling any pain or whatever. The kid kind of learn how to survive. Um, and, and that's helpful because life is hard. They're going to have to figure out how to survive anyway, so camping is the kind of environment that can help them to do that without retreating to screen time for... What's the word? Yeah, that, that word, yeah. Third thing, basic living. Um, you know, when, when you kind of scale everything back to just the basics of life and pretty much survival, it's kind of like, you know, you know the Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs pyramid? Anyway... There's this thing called Maslow's. The base foundational level is just um, physiological survival, which is just air, food, water, shelter, or sleep. And um, camping's just kind of like that. It's just air, there's stacks of that, blowing in your face all the time. You just get to think, I just need to eat, um, I just need water, and I just need to sleep, and so I need this shelter to stay over me. And there's actually something really refreshing about simplifying life like that, and, and that's all you've got to do every day, you know? So to not have appointments, to not be running late, to not be trying to drop kids off at soccer train, to not have any of that, and all you're thinking is, well, what am I going to eat next? And, and whatever you find, you put it in your mouth, and it tastes good. You're happy with it. you really low expectations. Um, um, and um, it just slows things down. And to get up when the sun comes up and to go to bed when it goes down, 
It's just, you're just living, you're just being, and that's something really healthy for your soul. Um, some people would say it helps you kind of commune with nature. I'd say it helps you potentially be able to commune with your creator more easily. I find that helpful. Here's the last one. Um, men get to become super dads, right? And most of the time, dads are not feeling like super dads, you know? And we live in a society that kind of mocks men a lot, and for sometimes for good reasons. But on, on camping trip, what I did notice was all the men in the place just seemed to feel really good at what they did, even if they weren't good at it, and I wasn't. But I felt like super dad most of the time. The, the thing that goes with that is mum is often working really hard, um, still getting all the same amount of questions asked of her. She's doing all the work, but dad gets all the credit for the whole thing. It's hilarious, yeah? It's like, seriously, everything good that happens, the kids are like, thanks, Dad. Camping is so awesome. Like, seriously, I, I put a rope over a thing and I hammer a peg in and I turn around and there's my four-year-old just going, oh, you're the most amazing thing in the universe. And I'm like, you want to help me? And he's like, yes, you know? It's like, I, just, I just lit a fire and you think I'm awesome. I just did really basic things. It does kind of allow dads to become super dads, which is a really great thing to feel as a man, to feel like a super dad. Um, and, and finally, you know, the kids, um, after going away with these guys, and these guys helped us massively, which was really helpful. Those of you not campers, go away with campers, they'll help you. Those of you who are sole parents, just mum with kids or dad with the kids, go away with other families that will help you, other families that are experienced at camping. And um, the kids will say, it's the best holiday ever. And then you'll be stuck with this thing where you have to go camping now for every holiday, <laughs> which is just awesome. Um, let, me, um, let me just say one kind of final thing, and that is this. I think behind all of this, the effort to go camping, behind all of it is a value for family life and a desire to really invest in family. And I guess as Christians and as Christian men... We want to invest in family because we believe in a God who values family and loves family. We believe we have a God who actually designed the concept of family. He invented it. He came up with the idea of a mum and a dad and kids. And so that helps us to know, okay, even when things are hard, I'm going to invest in this for the sake of family. We believe God designed family for our enjoyment of life, but also the good of society, the raising of healthy, happy kids in family. But also, and here's a kind of a deeper one, God invents family and designs family, ultimately, so we get a glimpse into understanding who He is, because God, in a sense, exists as a family in Himself. That's a big one, but there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He, it's like He is a relationship and a family within Himself, and so he, he gives us the institution of family to live in, in one sense, to help us understand Him, understand who He is, and actually get invited into his family, the heavenly family, the, the eternal family, where we can have him as father, Jesus as brother. Now, there's some bigger, more spiritual things, but they're often the things that are kind of behind all this, driving average men and experienced men to have a crack at things that are really hard for the sake of investing in family because of who our God is and how awesome he is. So there you go. There you go. Now, we, we do have um, five, a couple minutes for questions and... Um, We'll get you to direct your questions to the experts if possible. Yeah, that's yeah? right. After each of our uh, talks during the week, we usually take a few minutes for some questions. If you have a question you'd like to ask these guys, then uh, please put up your hand and uh, we'll just need you to speak 
firmly and I'll uh, repeat the question so we can all hear it. Has anybody got a question they'd like to ask of these guys? Perhaps while you're... Oh, yeah, we've got one down the front. Good one. I'll repeat the question. So, so it's a great opportunity for the kids to be running around, playing, uh, trying lots of new things. How do you warn them about uh, things you might not want them to do, kids you may not want them to play with? What do you do to manage that? you got the microphone. <laughs> That's a really good curly question. Well, you are there. Um, so you gotta, uh, you, you're, you, you're watching what's going on. Most of the time, you're with like-minded people um, and similar families. Um, and your kids do um, have access to a lot of other kids. Um, generally, depends on where you camp. Um, you just set out some ground rules. Um, if they're going to go somewhere where you can't actually see them, you, they just need to tell you beforehand. That's always been one with us. Does it always work? No. Spend a lot of time walking around and looking. Um, <laughs> or giving up and then thinking, they'll come home when it's dark, yeah? They'll come home. I can't hear anything. And usually when something's bad, I hear screaming. <laughs> Can I just say, this camp, different campsites have different dynamics. This campsite at Plummer, we went to Point Plummer, there's this cool culture where if a kid gets... If a kid falls over and stacks or gets hurt in front of your campsite, you're responsible to pick them up and carry them back to their home. So it's awesome. You just sit underneath your own thing and hope no one stacks in front of yours. And when your kids get injured, they get brought back to you. Yeah, and they, That's they, really good. They do get injured. Um, and it's, it's much like anything else. Um, if I can just elaborate on that. Tim, one thing that strikes... When we were camping once, he was just driving through and he said, OK, you got me for one night. I want to see this camping thing. He had um, his two oldest with him. He, he goes, oh, he goes, I know what it's like. I know what it's like. We had a tent. He borrowed the tent. And I said, Tim, is there anything you need? He said, no, no, it's just a bad night's sleep. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Next morning, wake up, and Luca comes out, and he's just, like, ready to go. This is the best night ever. Evie was great. Tim comes out looking like early morning Baldwin's not good at the best of times. <laughs> early morning after this, he's off. Oh, I just had a pillow, but, oh. And we had stacks of pillows. <laughs> All kinds of, not in luxury, but he, he um, I've never seen anything. He slept on the ground with no pillow, no anything, a bit of a cup, freezing. This and was a previous trip I popped in for a yeah, night. This is his first, um, this was, he thought, this is what camping has to be like this. But it, uh, um, you can actually bring your own pillow. That's one word of advice. He was determined for it to fail from the beginning. It's a helpful it? question. I'll just... Oh, yeah. These, yeah, guys can answer their, these guys just let their kids run wild. They're the <laughs> wrong ones to ask about this question. <laughs> like, All right, okay, you guys, look, let's keep it tight. Greg, you can give a quick response to the answer, but there's another question. Oh, did, did you want to answer that question? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, to protect our kids too much from that is like protecting them, um, isolating them from the world sometimes. And so to never help them make decisions for themselves as they grow up, age appropriately, if, to never have them to make decisions about who to align with, who to not, to spend time with. Um, it's a really helpful skill for them to learn in life. And so it's a, it's a good kind of more safe environment, I think, in camping to, to help them with that. Use those examples to actually, um, yeah, use that time to, to help them work through those issues, yeah. Now I saw a question back here. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, biggest fear of camping is spiders and, of course, there's other natural threats when you're camping. Uh, any advice about safety from that point of view? Sure. Um, take care in the air, air guard. Spray yourself down. Spray the kids down. Spray around the tent, around the doors of the tent. Um, keep your fly screen shut so you know that there's a safe haven that you can retreat to if you're really concerned. <laughs> um, and it's, 
you're going to get um, creepy crawlies, different things. We had a goanna run through, walk through our site. He was a big, big goanna, and he was his trip. It was his tr- uh, path every single day through the same spot. And we put our tent right in the middle, and he was just trying to go straight over it. <laughs> so we got the broom out, tried to shoo him around. Um, but yeah, spiders, aerogard, spray, all that kind of stuff. Sleep helpful. with one eye open, like, yeah. Hey, we'll have one more question from the front here. Top three recommendations for camping spots? Like maybe, real, maybe, real camping spots? Maybe one each. Oh, you mean like actual locations or just, or in any spot? You, maybe, you, one spot each. Oh, location. Okay. Location, you've got to pick a spot that's protected from really howling wind. Uh, but you mean along, uh, an actual name? Man, there's, there's dozens. I can't give away my secrets. No, la- rather than the spot in the... You mean locations, different places up and down the coast or whatever? Uh, um, a really good beginner spot um, that's not too far away, Diamond Head. It's camping just like we do, but w- where we go camping, it's actually quite dirty. Um, it's just the kids are hooked on it. But Diamond Head's nice. It's grass and kangaroos hopping around. It's very nice. The backyard's a good beginner's spot too, I reckon. Yeah, uh, there's, a whole bunch of, um, there's a whole bunch of spots up and down the coast. It depends what you're after. There's the, the glamping kind of style where you've got the, the pool and the amenity blocks and then you've got the other end of the spectrum where there's no toilet block, no nothing, just go for it. Um, so it depends where you're at. If you're starting out, go for the one with more amenities. Um, they're all up and down the coast, caravan parks, south coast, um, Aladala, can't, can't pass, can't beat it up. It's really good down there. Uh, but it's further than, obviously, the north coast. So, yeah. Tim, oh, Don't spot. ask me, I'm clueless. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thanks. That's been really entertaining. If anybody was considering going camping, I think you've definitely ruled that out for them now. <laughs> <That's terrific. laughs> yes, that was my uh, desire. <laughs> Don't do it. (laughs) Can you thank these guys for sharing their insights with us? (laughs) You love it. Uh.